Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hello, Southside. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to say a big happy Mother's Day to all of the moms. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you for not just making an impact in one or two lives, but generations to come. You do that. And I pray that today, uh, I pray, one, that the message speaks to you and it brings life to you, breathes air into you. But I also pray that you get some rest because uh, this is a crazy time of year. May is always busy. I refer to it as Marathon May because it just it feels like the month of May takes four months to finish. You know, there's just so many things to do. So many things are coming to a close and uh, it just feels frantic and urgent rather than uh, restful and peaceful, right? And so that's what we're talking about uh, in our series called Unplugged. We are trying to, to see what the Bible has to say about rest, about Sabbath, about uh, about finding that time in our life so that we can recover, we can be at peace and not live in such a frantic pace all the time. And so the question that I want to ask you today is, do you have a rhythm of rest to your life? Why? Because the rhythm is going to get you. But uh, nevertheless, do you have, if you have a rhythm, it's going to get you. And uh, But do you have a rhythm of rest to your life? Rhythm speaks to fluidity, to uh, just a, a great movement and, a, and, a, and something that, that works in your life. If you go out on the dance floor and they say you have rhythm, hey, it means that you're, you're, you're fluid in your movements and you're looking good. You got it going on, right? Well, do we have that in our life? Do we have a rhythm of rest to our world. And I think most of us, at least if you're asking me, most of the time I'm going to say no to that, okay? And, and, and it's not because I don't want it, and it's not even because I don't pursue it. It's just because it's hard for us to find it. The term rest can be defined this way. It means to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh, or recover. Ah. Isn't that nice? Isn't that so good to be able to say, that would be awesome if I could do that, to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh, or recover. I love it when my watch tells me to breathe. <laughs> it's crazy. It'll look, I'll look, it'll, it'll go off, and because it goes off, I'll look at it, and it says, it's time to breathe. And you know, if you can hit this button, it'll take you through its breathing exercise. You know what happens for me? I never do that. You know why? I ain't got time for that. I don't have time to stop and breathe. I mean, think about just that one statement. I don't have time to breathe, all right? But that is so funny that even on a, on a device that's trying to help me slow down and pause, even for 60 seconds, I ignore it, push it away because I don't have time for that. That's what I'm calling the message today, and maybe it works for Mother's Day, maybe it doesn't, I hope it works in your life, but I don't have time for that. How many times do we say those things when it comes to this word, to this definition, to cease work or movement? You don't understand all the things that I have going on. You don't understand all the things that is going on in my life. I don't have time for that. On my desk at home, I have a rubber band ball. It's all these different colors of rubber bands that are woven together 
together in a ball. And my kids will come get it. They'll play with it and they'll do different things. But I sit it there because I won. I may need a rubber band. But in today's world, we don't need rubber bands much anymore. But I have it there to look at occasionally and to remind myself of, of how frantic and crazy life can be. Because that's the way it is. Candy says her brain is wired like that. It's this multicolored rubber band ball that never stops. It's woven together. It all just is crazy. Me, I don't have a brain like that. I have compartmentalized brain where I have all these different boxes. And one of the boxes that I have is a nothing box. And I can prove that most men have a nothing box. Ladies, how many times have you asked your husband and he's just kind of staring off into space? Maybe he's watching something on TV. Maybe he's just kind of blindly just out there. You don't know. And you say, hey, honey, what are you thinking about? And he says, nothing. (laughs) I get why. Because he's in his nothing box. He is literally thinking about nothing. Okay. That's impossible for women, but it is highly and very possible for men. And now ladies don't understand that. And men don't get the other part of that. Here's what we don't do. We don't know how to rest. I think that's just apparent. In our culture, in our world today, we don't know how to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh, or recover. But I believe that God wants us to learn this principle. I believe he wants us to take time to rest daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. We can even say emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and I'm going to add a fifth one, sensory, right? With with the things that vie for our attention in a tablet, a TV, a phone, a computer, the sensory overload that we have is absolutely overwhelming. What does it mean when you see the word Sabbath? The word Sabbath in the Bible means a regular, rhythmic, time of rest in our life. It means four things. If we talk about Sabbath in the Bible, we can see it as a way that God used or created a day to close the loop, to remember, to look back and remember, ponder on the creation that he made. It's a pause to look back, to close the loop, to find the meaning and purpose and significance in it. Another way to see Sabbath is a time to to, to stop and reaffirm, reaffirm the truths of which we live by, the foundation to solidify it in our life. Another way is to refocus on the mission and that lies ahead of us, what's coming in the days ahead or the project that's coming. And finally, it helps me stop and just celebrate and enjoy this journey journey called life. The word Sabbath means that, okay? So there's all different types of meanings. We just don't practice it. As a matter of fact, we've really just perverted the meaning of rest in our world. We consider it to be more leisure and entertainment than we do the definition of unplugging in our life, okay? And so when we talk about closing the loop, we talk about closing the loop, that's God stopping, pausing, and looking back. If we talk about reaffirming the truths that are found in his word, they're essential to the things that we want to pass down to generations, which I think is something that moms and dads dearly want to do that are following Jesus. What does that, what does it mean to rest? 
Well, I go to my house, and I think about something that I saw the other day. I have this, this, this outdoor room kind of under a deck that we finished in our backyard, and in there we keep lawn equipment, we keep other things, it's, it's, it's enclosed. But on the outside, we just did boards, nice finished boards and a, and a gate, and the gate has, a, the doors have a frame around it. And I noticed the other day as I was opening the gate, some of the facing boards moved away, or they were, they were shaking, and I looked and the nails were, were coming out of the board. And so all I've got to do is simply take and pound the nails back in to help solidify that. Well, what is that called? Well, that's kind of the statement that I'm talking about here where God wants us to have times of rest, okay? In moments of extreme heat or extreme cold, let's just say extreme temperatures, the nails in those boards, the, the, the expanding and the, the condensing cause those nails to come loose and they begin to work themselves out. Times like now, where there's, there's not extreme cold, there's not extreme heat, it's known as a period of rest. And this is a great time for me to repound those nails back into those boards to get a firm hold. That's a part of the meaning of Sabbath. Sabbath is a time where we can stop, we can disconnect, whether that's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, whether that's spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, or, or sensory. Whatever that looks like is a place for us to pause where we can rest, where we can relax, but we can also refocus. And so it's easy for us to lose sight of the things that are important because we are constantly living in the times that are urgent. Urgent says now. I got to do it right now. I got, it's got to happen now. I don't have time to wait, okay? It, it, when we talk about important, important says focus. Focus. And, and as much as I think that every mom today, every lady today should have the opportunity to rest, okay? I know that, that you may get that on this day, but tomorrow life picks up again and all these, the craziness starts. So how, how do we learn the power of rest? Because we might say, I ain't got time for that. I don't have time to rest in my life. And last week we ended by saying we've got to learn to rest ourselves so that we don't wreck ourselves. And rest means more than just relaxing, unplugging, and stopping. Rest means so much more to that than that. And so today I want you to see four things. Number one, rest is relational. Rest is relational. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. He's speaking in context here of the Sabbath. He's dealing with some, some things that have happened before. He's leading into other encounters and context dealing with the Sabbath. And the, the Pharisees had perverted the Sabbath. They had made it something that you could not enjoy, something that you could not experience. It became a burden, a heavy burden placed on people. And people were just saying, I don't want that. And so Jesus is coming to create a new, a new, uh, give a new invitation, extend a new invitation to be his follower. This is what he said, come to me. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened. <laughs> hey, 
I'll go ahead and do this. You know, both hands are up in the air. All right. Put your hands up in the air and wave them like you just don't. Anyway, that's what we're doing. All right. I'm putting my hand up in the air saying, hey, that's me. Okay. Come to me, Jesus said, all of you who are weary and burdened. See, weariness, exhaustion, panic, anxiety, overwhelmed, those aren't new things. These things have been around forever. And Jesus is speaking to a group of people, and he said, come to me. If you're weary and burdened, look at what he said, and I will give you rest. When you follow the teachings in the life of Jesus as found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that Jesus took time to rest. He withdrew. He went aside of the crowds to deserted places to rest. You'll find him praying and being alone with God. You'll find him on a boat sleeping in the midst of a chaotic storm. You'll find him in the temple on the Sabbath because that was what was customary to him and his family. You'll find him celebrating in Jerusalem during the festival times Command, just yelling to people, if anybody's thirsty, come to me and drink. So Jesus obviously caught and understood the idea of Sabbath. Why? Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one that created it. It was his idea. And he wants us to learn the same thing. And rest doesn't just mean unplugging from everything in life, because let's just face it, that's impossible to do. But what this this rhythm of rest that God wants us to create in our life is, is daily, it's weekly, it's monthly, it's yearly. There's all of these different times where we can find places not just to unplug, but also to refocus and find purpose and celebrate not just what is happening around us and in us, but what God is wanting to do in our life. And so Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take up my yoke and learn from me. Jesus said, come to me, which is simply this. It is an invitation of salvation. It's an invitation to come join him in this journey, to say no to the devil, to say no to hell, to say no to the demonic and careless ways of this world, and instead say yes to him, to his life, to his ways, to his eternal truths, forgiveness, and grace. That's what Jesus wants, and so he's inviting you to come to him. That's a simple call for you and for me to be saved. Then Jesus says, take my yoke. The word yoke, if you were to look that up in the dictionary, you look it up in the urban dictionary, it's going to talk about somebody, if we say he's yoked, it means he's jacked, he's stacked up, he's been in the weight room, he looks, I mean, essentially like me. <laughs> but nevertheless, no, that is not it. That's what they're saying. But if, if you look at it in the term that Jesus is using, he's talking about a farmer. He's talking about a farmer with oxen, and those oxen are yoked together. It's a wooden bar that rests on their necks. It fits them securely, and it allows them to partner together to accomplish tasks that help feed people, bring life and nourishment and nutrients to others. 
And so when Jesus said, take up my yoke, he is saying, come with me. He's not just saying, come with me. He's not just inviting you into salvation. He's inviting you into discipleship, a place of growth, a place of, of, of healing, a place of forgiveness, a place of transformation. It's relational. Come, take, learn. Learn. The first two are more urgent. The more they're more they're more uh, uh, entering into relationship. To learn from me is a process. Jesus said that's going to take time. In 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 the days of which we're speaking here, if a farmer was trying to if, if he had a new ox or a a baby ox that had grown and is ready to start uh, learning how to plow, in order to train that ox. He's going to yoke that ox with an older, more experienced oxen. Why? Or, or an ox. Why, did, why, why do that? Because that older ox is going to show him the way. That older ox is even going to lighten the load of that younger ox to help lead him and guide him in that. Okay? Think about that when you're seeing this. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart. And he says, and you will find rest, rest now for your souls. Rest is relational. And then Jesus says, for my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because when you come to Christ, you are essentially yoking yourself together with Jesus and he lightens our load. He lightens our, our yoke, the, the thing that is over us, and the burden becomes lighter. Here, I'll promise you this. You and I can find no rest in life until we first find rest in God. We'll never find rest in life until we first find rest in God. This is about the peace speaker that is speaking peace into your life. And we want to find that. Man, if we say, look, I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. If you don't rest yourself, you're going to wreck yourself. And we're talking about rest daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Do you plan for that? Pastor, I don't have time to slow down. I start early and I end late. Okay. But have you worked in a time in your day? It could be simply responding to your watch to breathe, praying in between appointments, worshiping on your way to work, turning your phone off when you get home, having a day with our family where we have no phones, we unplug. <gasps> it would send our children into, into craziness. You know why? Because of sensory overload. We don't know how to function without it. We'll find no rest in life until we first find rest in God. Rest is relational. Number two, rest is energizing. Rest is energizing. How is that? People say that a 20-minute nap, studies have shown that a 20-minute nap sometime in the middle of your day can re-energize you for hours. 
And some people, I mean, I mean just, just turning your alarm off or changing your alarm in the morning to where you can wake up to something different or, or put it in a different place where you don't, you don't hit snooze and hit snooze and hit snooze. When it goes off, you got to get up and you go, but you get up early enough to where you've got a place to pause, drink a cup of coffee, read a verse, read a chapter, pray and ask God to speak into your life before you move into the day. Find a place buried on a Sunday where you can come and rest as a, together as the body of Christ a time in your month where you can shut down for a day. I would encourage you to do that. Find a day in your week that you could have a Sabbath. If that's not possible for you right now in your life, find a day a month where you can stop. This is a day of rest. It is a day where you are going to be unproductive. And finally, a time in your, in your year where you can do that. Not going to Disney World. Disney World's not a rest. Disney World is leisure. Ah! You just come back more exhausted and tired. Okay. This is a place about finding rest that I can be energized. Psalm 23. I love Psalm 23. We're going to break this down further in this month, but I love this part. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. Another way you may remember it is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A little girl one time memorized this at at, at Bible school. She said, the Lord is my shepherd and he's all that I want. (laughs) She got it wrong. No, she didn't. She got it right. The Lord is my shepherd and there is nothing that I lack. Look at what he does. Look at what the shepherd is responsible to do. He lets me lie down in green pastures. Think about green pastures, green fields, taking a nap with a blanket, lying down and just just looking and enjoying the day. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know that that sheep won't drink from from water that's this rushing if, if, if they won't cross water that's rushing like that, if you're gonna, if you're gonna drink from that, if you wanna find a place where your sheep can drink or can cross, the water needs to be still and quiet so that they're not afraid. Why? Because sheep are fearful. Every little thing scares them. This slows them down. He lets me, he leads me. He renews my life and he leads me along the paths, the right paths for his name's sake. When you come to Jesus, he gives you rest in terms of your salvation. When you accept the yoke of discipleship, you find rest and you experience it in your daily life. Jesus didn't say that you would no longer have burdens and pains and problems. He just said that the weight can decrease in your life. When you take his yoke and you learn, you find rest because your trust is growing in him. And the deeper the trust, the deeper the level of surrender and obedience. Busy. I saw this one time. Busy is an acronym that means being under Satan's yoke. That's true. It can be because the devil, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. But I also thought about this, and I said this could be true as well. Busy can also mean that I'm better under the Savior's yoke. I can either either be... Be under Satan's yoke because I promise you, Satan wants to yoke with you. He wants to partner with you, but he doesn't want to lighten your load. He wants to make it heavier. He doesn't want to ease your burden. He wants to make it heavier upon you and slow you down. You're not, you're busy. You're buried. We could even say that. You are buried under Satan's yoke, or you can be better 
under the Savior's yoke. You're going to have a yoke. You're going to be yoked to something or someone. It's just who are you choosing to yoke yourself with? And this is the process of finding time to stop just for a moment and say, where can I slow down? Where can I let God have time in my life to speak to me? Start small. Start somewhere. You can't get to where you want to be if you don't start somewhere. And if you want to go to, if, if you want to go to a direction, you're going to type that into your GPS and you're going to go. And if you want to get there, you better follow it. Because you can go the opposite directions, you'll never get to where you want to go. And so here, rest is relational. Rest is energizing. Rest is sacred. Rest is holy. Taking a nap, that's from God, amen. Come on, somebody. And so this is what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, humble yourselves, lower yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may what? Exalt you in the proper time. God wants you to humble yourself. God wants us to learn how to rest. He wants us to to have seasons of that in our life, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and sensory. He wants us to have rest in our times, and that means we've got to humble ourselves. It can't be all about me. I can't be buried under Satan's yoke. I'm better with the Savior's yoke. And so then he says, casting all your care on him. On who? God. Because he cares about you. God cares about you, Mom. God cares about you today. I promise you that. Cast your care on him. There's rest in that. There's peace in that. Then I love this. Be serious. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. And Peter told us what to do. Resist.